This episode of Ride of the Fork is brought to you by Zupan's Markets. Chris, have you taken advantage of their ready-to-heat meals? We've been talking about uh, this for the last couple of months. Great ways for you to easily feed your family, and you're pretty much just popping something in the oven and, and arranging it maybe on your table to look fancy. It's pretty nice. It's what I love. Yeah. Lo- little cleanup and delicious food already prepared. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're talking about meatloaf, roasted chicken, tamales, roasted salmon, uh, bistro sandwich if you want to go kind of more p- picnicky. the poke bowls. They've done a version of that. And a new meal that you introduced us to us last week, uh, Chris, was the Chile Riano dinner. Uh, the we, Chili's Riano. How do you pronounce that? <laughs> I was just going to jump on that. And I'm never the one to correct pronunciation because I don't get it, but I believe it's Rieno. Rieno. It doesn't have that. It doesn't have that little squiggly line on it. Anyway, the chili relleno. Um, these these chilies, yeah, these chilies are stuffed with Monterey Jack cheese, rice beans, guac, pico, and it comes with pico and, and chips. Uh, the best part is if you if you order by noon, you can have same day curbside pickup later between three and seven. So if you're like, Ugh, I don't want to cook today, uh, let Zupan's Markets take care of it for you. There's also farm-to-market beer at Zupans you're going to want to check out. Imperial IBA in collaboration with Portland's Ex Novo Brewing Company. It's bold and crisp, pairs perfectly with all things summertime. Um, Also featuring hand-selected Centennial Hops from Yakima, your neck of the woods and your family. Yeah, my wife hails from Yakima. That that place is Hop Mecca. It's like the, the place where all the great hops are coming from these days. Right. It's a 8% alcohol by volume available in a 16-ounce single can or a four-pack. You can get it there at Zupans or you can order it online at Zupans.com. And when we say there, Court, where are we talking about? We're talking about West Burnside, McAdam, and Lake Oswego. It is time once again, Portland's Food Scene Podcast with your host, Chris Angeles from Portland Food Adventures. And you are Court Johnson from Kink.fm, and we're both recording from home, and Mm -hmm. we've upgraded our style a little bit on the podcast from recording via phone to Zoom. So um, we hope that it sounds good. Please, everybody, while you're subscribing and and making positive comments and sharing the podcast. Let us know how it sounds, too. Yeah. No, we, we finally hopped on that Zoom train, you know, two and a half months later after everybody else was doing it, you know, for everything else. My, my daughters do Zoom for their dance classes right now. Right. So everybody's doing it. So the reason we didn't in the beginning, because, and we've learned last week, for instance, um, it was too tough to ask our guests who may not have been familiar with Zoom, and we were, I wasn't when we started, yeah. to download the technology and have a camera and make sure we were recording properly. And even last week, I learned that since I'm working on a Chromebook, I can't record and unless I got a pro account, which we did, so which is what we're doing now. So there were too many op- opportunities for problems in recording. And uh, so we just did it the old way. And we actually got some kind comments that it sounded kind of raw and uh, pandemic-like. 
yeah. when we were doing it. So um, we hope to get back to some degree of normalcy, which at some point would be in the studio court. I miss, right. I, we can see each other via Zoom, but I miss going in to Portland and uh, recording the podcast as we have. So. Yeah. A lot of adapting to uh, what, what's been going on, just uh, whether it's adapting to deal with it at the moment or in some cases adapting back. Uh, speaking of which, you've had to make some adaptions, Chris, to some of your trips, Portland Food Adventures International. Yeah, we were set to have our best year in 2020. We had two trips to Spain with uh, Javier and JL Cantares from Urdaneta, uh, which first we had to move the April trip which would have already occurred by now. And then recently, last week, we have decided we need to move the September trip version of that, both exactly a year out. And also our trip to Sicily uh, in October has been moved to May. And we lost a few of our um, folks who were coming with us for that trip. So we would certainly love to have you come with us to Western Sicily with Austria Ensign, um, to see the best of Palermo, Erice, Agrigento, and do some incredible things there. So that's next May, and you can see that on PortlandFoodAdventures.com. Along with our other two trips, where we may now have some room, at least for the trip in September 2021 to Basque Country, Spain, there may be a couple of slots there for you to slide in for a couple of people who couldn't make it next year. But we were lucky. We were very fortunate, Court, in that most everybody who was booked on our trips this year is coming back next year. So I'm very happy about that. Yeah, that's nice. They are, too. I assume they are, too. Otherwise, they wouldn't have stuck with it. And uh, so we're uh, pleased about that as far as Portland Food Adventures events. You know, that's all on hold now. Um, I don't know when the next time we're going to be able to congregate and have an event will be. Um, I've discussed one with Leaf uh, Gildersleeve, which we talked about on this last podcast at Flying Fish outside. But we have we right now there's too many uh, unanswered questions for us to be able to schedule that one. Right. But in terms of pivoting too, I just used that word. I was going to try to avoid it. <laughs> Is that is that the new amazing pivot? Uh, so, pivot? Uh, no, the, the 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 current one is in these uncertain times. Yeah, everything. Oh we my must God. Pi- we must pivot. Yeah, they, well, they're not using pivoting on commercials. It's people in their posts and what they're doing. True. But at any rate, we so we had just we were a couple of months in with the Joy of Drinking podcast that we're producing and releasing through Right at the Fork for now, and now that. Things are even more uncertain. Um, We're just going to continue to release that. But Joy Church, who is the host of that podcast, who we love and I think does a marvelous job, had recorded a couple of episodes. She started recording an episode for Women's History Month. Mm -hmm. um, And then that would have been released in late March, right after this all started. So we thought it's kind of strange to do that. Right now, along as we thought for the right at the fork, to just have regular conversations that didn't address the COVID nineteen. Right. So, um, so joy. We we put that on the shelf for a while and said we'll get back to it. And now we kind of think it's a good time. So joy did have an episode uh, episode recorded with Camille Cavan of 
Quintrell, whom we love. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so that we're going to bring back. And we asked Joy to do a little update with Camille because they're doing some interesting things at Quintrell with cocktail kits. Um, so appropriate in the same way that we've updated many of our Right at the Fork recordings that were recorded right before this all happened. Joy has recorded that too. And that will episode when, well, episode. Is that a new verb? We'll episode that, it. We'll, we'll episode it. It might as well be. It's like people <laughs> saying when they're working on something, they're efforting something, which I don't like. Right, exactly. Ugh, come on. So, so that's going to be released on Monday, correct? Correct. This, uh, this upcoming Monday, the, I believe it's uh, June 1st. Right. So, oh, is, that is true. Yeah. So we were targeting and she started, we started releasing them on the last Monday of the month and we'll probably get back to that. June 1st is close and um, we'll go through and, and try to edit out any mention I have of the last Monday of the month. So if you happen to hear it in this interview I do with Joy right now, uh, this upcoming one will be on the first Monday of June. And then after that, we're going to try to get back to our regularly scheduled programming. But we thought it would be a good idea, not only because Joy is hosting our podcast within a podcast, Joy of Drinking, to catch up with her, but this woman in the first, right, right, like I think it was the week after everything started to close, her house burned down. Yeah. Just to the ground. Mm-hmm. So she had to deal with that in the midst of all this. The positive thing is she's got a job that's still holding, that's still there. So we thought we'd take the opportunity because Joy is an important part of the Portland food community. She enjoys many emceeing opportunities and uh, works with various food companies and people know her just to catch up with her and hear what's been going on with her during COVID-19 and uh, just, just intro, reintroduce the Joy of Drinking podcast next week. So that's what this upcoming conversation with joy is all about to catch up with her and then uh, let everybody know that we're going to restart the joy of drinking. There we go. I think I followed all of that. Yeah, I, I will. I hope everybody did. I can be confusing at times, but hopefully everybody understands this interview with joy is right at the fork and coming on Monday is the joy of drinking. So subscribe and check in, check back in with us on Monday. Right at the fork is brought to you by Zupan's Markets, inspiring you with the best in food and wine. Local, family-owned Zupan's Markets provides a unique grocery shopping experience for Portland food lovers. Excellent products sourced locally and from around the globe with delicious chef-prepared meals for your convenience on West Burnside, Southwest McAdam, and Lake Oswego. Visit Zupan's.com and sign up for your exclusive deals and promotional offers. You have a lot going on right now. I do. Yeah, it's been quite a year so far, hasn't it? <laughs> Has it been about your shittiest year ever? Where do you, have you thought about it? Where do you put it? I know. Where do you put it? Yeah, you know, you just you don't compare, right? Like, why go down that ugly road of like, oh, what's your actual worst year ever? Like, why bother doing that? It's really <laughs> good depression, right? <laughs> I can. Well, I was just talking to someone today, and I said, well, the pandemic, in terms of history and living through history. It's up there with the biggest things in my life, but personally, it hasn't been the worst 
thing I've gone through. So I don't know where right. that stands, but my house didn't burn down. So I never had my house burned down. You did yeah. right in the fucking middle of this uh, beginning of this pandemic. Correct? Yeah. I didn't make yeah. this up. And I, this is that's not fake news. It is not fake news. No, um, 5 a.m. on March 20th, my house burned down. Wow. Yeah, I could not so believe that when I saw that, because at that time, March 20th was just about when everybody was at the peak of being freaked out because we had no idea what to expect with this. Exactly. Yeah. And so it, a very, very weird time. You know, in general, a fire it's, would be insane. And then this overlay of, oh, my gosh, we're suddenly all realizing like, oh, it has hit the United States. It has hit Oregon. COVID-19 is real, right? Yeah, so all of that coalesced at exactly the same moment. Right. Yeah, so not a, not a gr- not great. So tell us, so your, your house burned to the ground. Why don't you tell us first how, now that you know how that happened, and secondly, can you describe what the whole, what the, take us, take us into your, you were in bed, right? Were you not in yeah, bed when this happened? Yeah, it was five in the morning. Yeah, so take was... us in your bed with you and des- describe <laughs> what this whole thing was like. So um, due to some things with my insurance company and the fire inspectors, I, I can't get into it um, about what happened um, anyway. But suffice it to say that it was not something that I did or I didn't leave a light on or electrical or anything. So a very odd situation that down the road and in a year we can talk about this and I I will be able to share what actually happened how it happened but uh suffice it to say that yeah my uh I had a shed and the shed caught fire um no electrical to the shed um and my I wear a sleep mask at night so I was sound asleep and my cat one of them great aunt ruby started like pound you know pounding on my chest and I was like, Ruby, come on. And she kept persisting. So I lifted up my sleep mask and I saw this orange glow from the window. And this, I live in a tiny house. So it's like the window's right there. Um, and I thought I have new neighbors and they have strange hours. So I thought they were up to something or, you know, weird. So I opened the curtain and the shed was on fire and was falling into my bedroom. Wow. Not light out yet. It's dark. No, it was dark, sound asleep. Right. Uh, Which, you know, is not an obvious thing because I have insomnia. So to be actually sound asleep. So I have no idea how long Great Aunt Ruby had been trying to poke me and wake me up. But she saved me. I mean, it came into my bedroom. Um, So then my... So uh, did you run outside? What what was your first action? uh, I... Grabbed my phone and called 911. I'm screaming into the phone. Um, you know, I'm in my pajamas. And uh, my neighbor started pounding on my front door. I opened the front door and he was like, you got to get out. It's it's going up. Right? Like, um, and so I was trying to get my cats, but they're indoor-outdoor. And I was like, uh, uh. And he's like, you got to come right now right decision and then um so he was the second call to the fire department and fortunately i only live that house is only what eight blocks from the fire department so they were there 
very quickly. Um, and, you know, the neighbors are gathering around. I'm outside, you know, in my pajamas, <laughs> uh, you know, no coat or anything. It's raining. It's cold. Um, you know, I don't have shoes or anything. So one of the firefighters, he said, we need to find a coat for you. Where is there a coat in the part of the house that's not on fire? I was like, um, I think there's a coat on the bed in the second bedroom. So he then went and brought it to me. Neighbors brought me slippers. Um, oh, God. Yeah, and I mean, that's what I left with. So, you know. Um, and, and so what was it like sitting there watching your house go up? What were your thoughts at that moment? Well, you know, a, a strange thing is the way that the house is positioned. My car was in the driveway, and it was also in very quick danger of blowing up, too. And if that had happened, it would have blown up my neighbor's house. So very quick. The first thing was like I had to go back in and find my purse while the house was on fire. I grab my purse to get my keys and move the car out from the driveway so it didn't blow up. Mm. Because it would have then set my neighbor's house on fire. And anyway... Um, but yeah, I mean, it was hours of this and then the fire reignited at about 10 in the morning. So they had to come back out. Oh my gosh. So, and what about your cats? So at that time, the firefighters thought my cats ran out. So I, you know, front door, back door, they thought one went out, one way went out, went out the other. So I'm like freaking out. I mean, no, no, nothing's a good thing, but I'm like, they either out, they're out, they're safe. Uh, yeah, we saw them go out. Well, that was never the case, but I didn't know that. So for many days, I was at the house um, day and night trying to find them. And then uh, I realized that they were in the basement hiding behind a little wall. Wow. And I couldn't get to them. Um, and it took me, you know, five days. For one of them, I had to get a huge tap because I couldn't get to him. I would try to get him, and he was just hissing and in panic. So... Finally, I put that, I got one of them out, and then the other one, I couldn't get to him night after night, day after day. I was obsessed, you know, trying to get him out, and I just couldn't. Um, and, and and he was starting to, like, his eyes were starting to fade. He was dying down there. So it's like, ah, I gotta get him out. So somebody on Instagram suggested, get a kennel. And so it took him about two days to finally enter the kennel. And then he, you know, he's recovered, recovering now, but he had uh, his paws were blistered. Um, and then in the kennel, he had tried to get out. So, so all of his claws are gone. Um, it's just a big, real mess. But wow. he's alive. And yeah. I would assume he's still getting over the trauma, as you probably are, too. Well, you know, it's an interesting thing. So I'm in this temporary housing, a beautiful home in Northwest. I'm so lucky to be here. Um, but the smoke alarms went off. Uh, the batteries died <laughs> the other day. And, uh, you know, so we're all, we're all in panic. And I, I had a hard time coaxing those cats back out. Wow. Did uh, What kind of despair did you feel for that day and the few days after? I can't imagine... It's like you can't win, right? This is what well, what else could go wrong at that point in time? Well, you know, the interesting thing that of course I never thought of was the looting. And the looting continues at the house. So I was there every night to try to cats. So um, 
you know, looters were coming by and they wouldn't, I wasn't sitting in the dark, you know, and they would come by and start to try to try to get into my house. So I eventually started recording them. I'm like, Hey, hi, I'm here. You're being recorded right now. Wow. And then an hour later they would drive back by and try to get in. And in fact, last week, um, they had off the doorknobs and used needle-nose pliers to manipulate the mechanism to try to enter the home. Oh, God. So yeah. at least the good news is that you're employed and you have some income. That's right. Yes. <laughs> I am happy to have a meaningful, meaningful work. But I was also interviewing in the midst of this, too. Yeah. <laughs> so, are you, so just to be clear, you have the job that you had. You've retained the job that you had before the virus hit. So, I was working as the interim executive director for a nonprofit here in Portland, okay. and then they opened up the search for the executive director. Okay. So, I applied along with many other very worthy candidates. And so, yes, I was in the midst of that, you know, long interview process um, for several weeks, and I was appointed uh, officially April 21st. Oh. So, that was good. Congratulations on that. I didn't know that angle. We haven't been in close contact throughout this whole thing. So um, that's good to hear. And um, yeah. yeah, there are many people who had good employment news in the midst of this. So, uh, right. And I mean, this is an interesting organization, particularly right now. So this is called Venture Portland. Mm -hmm. It's funded by the city uh, to support small business district associations. So let's say you think of like every year you look forward to the Hawthorne Street Fair or the Belmont Street Fair, any of those things, that would be a forward-facing event that this organization does. There's a lot of other stuff that happens around governance, et cetera, but um, that would be an example of something that, that we do. So, um, you know, it's just a lot, especially. And so now, you know, keeping these small businesses alive is priority number one in my mind. So that's the job. Well, and they're not going to be having these events in the near future, that's for sure. That's right. So everything, you know, is trying to keep the associations alive right now. They're, they consist of volunteers. So they're small business owners who are hurting, if not closing. So to keep that engagement going so for, for the future is, um, you know, a lot. And I think, you know, some of us still have that like, oh, it's going to reopen tomorrow. It is not going to be business as usual for many, many years. Uh, so... Anyway, what, that's what do you mean by that? Many, many years. I mean, there, there, there's going to be events, are there not? Well, that's true in terms of the event pieces, but I mean, that again, that's just a forward facing piece of what we do. But you know, we work with small businesses, and they are not going to be back to the healthy way they looked in 2019 uh, or at the beginning of 2020 for many years to come, if they survive. If they even were healthy at the beginning of 2020. So That's right. Because the truth is, you know, when we talk about, you know, when the, the triple P loans came out, the payroll, the paycheck protection program came out, right. it's like, oh, we're going to help small businesses. You know, very few Portland businesses got that money because our small, you know, small business in Portland is the heart of Portland, but we, our businesses are micro businesses. You know, those that triple P money was for 500 and under employees. We're talking about five and under employees. They didn't have the infrastructure to even begin to call their bank and, you know, put together a plan. So, you know, this is it's hard for 
for Portland businesses and is going to continue to be if they survive at all. Um, so, and what uh, contact have you had with Portland restaurants? You know, you we know you. One of the reasons you're doing this podcast is because we know you as a very... Um, uh, an important part of the Portland food scene. You promote a lot of what's going on in food and drink. And, um, you know, how much time have you spent out there and what have you learned? What have you seen? Um, what do you, th it's now, uh, March, uh, I'm sorry, May 20th. So, um, yeah. uh, I mean, I think it's just a really difficult time. So, you know, I am the board president for the Portland Culinary Alliance. So, you know, we're having to pivot how we, raise money to do scholarships and uh, relook at the way we have, you know, had uh, since 1987, we've been around, but it's not business as usual in that nonprofit either. Um, you know, with my fire, I was so lucky to have so many restaurants reach out to me right away to say, Oh my gosh, can we bring you a meal? Can we, you know, deliver a bottle of wine that sort of thing. So it was very generous. Um, and yeah, I mean, food and beverage is such a huge part of Portland. So it's not only my, you know, that hat, but it also ties in really well with my new job too, is in support of, uh, you know, food and beverage. I mean, I'm all for with the city and have a little help developing those plans now around the, you know, open air cafes and, uh, you know, not just in time of COVID, if I have my way, <laughs> many of us that we have our way, you know, some of these the new urbanism will become permanent in the city. So we're trying to work with Portland Bureau of Transportation and Commissioner U. Daly's office uh, and Mayor Wheeler to make these changes happen. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I have to admit that I'm one of those people that uh, if a restaurant does delivery and I love them, I'm going for it. If it's curbside pickup, I'm not doing that as much. You know, so in my day-to-day -day practices, you know, I have had some long-standing illnesses all my life. So I really am trying to do the, you know, stay at home in mm -hmm. a real way. So, and I get it that, you know, the Grubhub and the Postmates, I mean, they take insane percentages. I really think there should be regulations on that too, because the gouging should not be happening. Right. I mean, that just seems ridiculous, but I'm so you know, thrilled the OLCC that has now allowed distillers to deliver. <laughs> that uh, is that, thrilling for you, is it not? <laughs> it is great for me. <laughs> <laughs> that is great. Uh, I'm so happy for those people who've been able you know, in Portland to embrace that and make it happen. You know, my first was, I was like, okay, Freeland Spirits, Jill, I'm coming for you. What's the entire package that I can order? You know? <laughs> And it's like, hmm, do I tell her I'm already from, I need more gin already? <laughs> Is there going to be judgment? <laughs> so, Joy, I am so glad that you're okay. That's the big thing, that you're, no one can see you now, but here on my Zoom, you, you're you're looking uh, as beautiful as ever and with your joyful smile it's one of the thing one of your one of the wonderful aspects is that you're you were named appropriately because you emit, well, you emit joy thank you so much i realized that you know when you and i were talking about the joy drinking podcast last year one of the things you mentioned was like oh this vintage wardrobe wardrobe but you know that's all gone <laughs> So, oh, uh, all your clothes yeah. are gone. 
Yeah, I have a few items, but um, yeah, they are gone. Oh my God, that's a tragedy. That's one of the big Portland tragedies that we didn't even mention. So are you going to rebuild a vintage wardrobe or are you going to maybe change it up and go a little more contemporary now? I don't know, but it is a real point of identity, you know? Right. Uh, So it is like, uh, so, you know, the morning of the fire, I was wearing... Uh, you know, my pajamas. So I, the only thing open was Walmart. So I went to Walmart and I bought some shirts and sweatpants and some, you know, socks and underpants and that kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, it all, you know. Oh my God. I didn't even late. think of that. And I can't believe yeah. you didn't mention it because I know all that, all that, uh, all your attire was near and dear to you. And well, yeah, I mean, my art, you know, a lot of things. I um, actually was in the house yesterday to work with this uh, crew around the totally non-salvageable items, the things that they can't even consider uh, dealing with. Right. And it was 853 things. Um, and I, I was like, oh, traumatized by going through this stuff with them yesterday. It was Terrible. I would imagine that if someone had asked you in February, how many things do you have? You wouldn't have no. believed 853. You wouldn't have thought you had 853 things. And those are just the ones that can't be replaced. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's thousands. You know, I've been collecting for, I've seriously been collecting for 30 years. So it's a lot of, of things. But, you know, I have this like beautiful Lillian coat worth $600 easily. Uh, from 1950, and it was, I, I insisted, like, leave it there for me to see it. I'll decide if it's salvageable or not, and it was, like, burned to a crisp. So are they giving you this, the, the, the close to the value of that, or how's that working? Oh, that's not their plan, no. They oh. think it's all old shit. Oh, man. And that, so for wow, that is a, item, that is so the, what they said is that for every single item, I need to show them like through a receipt eBay and see a contemporary, well, the receipt, yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, but through eBay or Etsy, like what's comparable. Right. To try. I mean, oh it's my kind of, God. they're going to do what they're going to do. Wow. I mean, even my food, you know, Chris, it's like, you know, I mean, I buy high, I mean, sure. I love a box of mac and cheese sometimes. Right. But my my stuff's high end, right? You know the the booze and the and the Olympia provision provision salamis. You know even one of those is like what ten bucks. So I have a house full of this stuff. They're like, oh, there's no way that'll ever that will never pass muster because a single woman does not have three thousand dollars worth of food. Mm. Well, after after the coronavirus and holding up, a lot of people have three thousand dollars worth of food. I have more food in this house than I've ever had before. Right, so, the night before the fire, I had just gone and purchased right. a huge, you know, and you can't touch it. So even things that weren't technically like burned in the fire, you know, right. this is something I understand. But the carbon from the fire, it attaches itself to everything, and then it becomes unsafe. Right. So, like, even if you have a diamond ring, as an example, it will eat away at the um, at the ring, uh, at the prongs, and the diamond. You have to get it to the cleaners, like, within 24 hours. Wow. 
Otherwise, you'll end up with dust. I mean, it's crazy. So you can't take things out. Even if they didn't die in the fire, you can't take them. They are no longer safe. Wow. So let's say with a beautiful bottle of wine or something. It's like you can't take that out of the house. I'm so sorry, Joy. Well, uh, as, as anyway. you know, when we started talking about this part of the conversation, we're just glad you're with us. So that's Thank the you, that's too. the important thing. Those are things, and now you're gonna have fun, uh, you know, buying some new things, and you know, it's a dream come true, right? Let's look at it that way. Let's look at the positive. A dream come true. You need to you need to shop now, and uh, you know, I'm glad you're employed, but maybe there's a little GoFundMe in there for you to just for your wardrobe everybody knows you for your wardrobe if someone was casting for Mad Men in Portland they'd come directly to they would have come directly to you now what show are you going to be appropriate for we don't know I'm just like a regular Portlander now no you're I'm sure you're going to at least diversify and have some of you <laughs> and find some beautiful vintage clothes out there so oh, thank you we're going to get back to uh, the joy of drinking now, and what, we, what we're about to hear, I'll let you explain it, but we thought we'd run an episode that you recorded right before this all hit that was not, we couldn't, we didn't air it, it's not like we couldn't, but we decided it wasn't really a good time to air it, and you were just starting in on your Women's Month, National Women's Month, which by the way, not that that's how we met you, but that's how we found out on the podcast that you were such a wonderful host and we'd like to figure out a way for you to have your own podcast. So this interview um, that we're gonna hear is, you know, it says, hey, happy Women's History Month, right? So it was in March. And uh, this is with Camille. She's the bar manager at Quintrell Restaurant. And if you haven't been here in Portland, it is, put it on your list. It's a gorgeous space, amazing food, and the uh, bar program is incredible. Um, Camille, of course, I know she would want to say it's not just her. It's her staff, too, her mm -hmm. team. Um, anyway, so she, uh, we talked about, you know, the issues because it's, well, it was Women's History Month. So we really talked about um, some of her hopes and, and goals for women in the industry, right? Because it has not been equal play or equitable. Um, and so she just had a really nice, wise way of talking about that. Um, some things that she's encountered as well as her hopes for the future. And, you know, Camille was one of the first people to reach out to me uh, with COVID-19 to say, uh, I don't think we should release that episode right now because the tone is wrong. And, she, you know, she was right. So to your point, Chris, uh, you know, you and Court made the right call that it would have sounded off track completely to have done it. But uh, she's a, a very thoughtful, informed uh, person in our food and beverage industry. And she's absolutely still spot on. I listened to it the other night. It's still spot on. It still, of course, totally resonates about women's issues in the biz you know so it's great so i'm excited that we're airing it um and you know it's it wasn't that old i mean i know every day now feels like a year <laughs> it does it seems like two months ago was a long time but you know you can update her too so we can add a little update because i know they're doing quantrell is doing a cocktail to go program 
correct? Exactly. Yeah. Right. They're doing it. They even before the OLCC said that they could deliver booze. And I don't know that how what Green Trails are, but they started a cocktail kit. Right. So, you know, I mean, so much of your wonderful drink is not about the booze you put in it. It's about all of the elderflower and the lemon and all the wonderful things that go into it that, you know, an everyday person like myself can't conjure up. So they have, were creating these kits right away. So, yeah, I would love to do a little update. Yeah. I'll, I'll send that to you. Well, whether you do or you don't. Um, we'll know ahead of time, but um, also anybody's welcome to go to Quaintrell.co. I remember that much, right? That's their website, and check out exactly what they're doing in um, in that world. And they're also doing takeout of their delicious food that Ri- that Riley Eckersley prepares. Yeah. And uh, that's another. There's two podcasts with Quaintrell that people can listen to from right at the fork and if they just google right at the fork and riley r-y-l-e-y that'll come up and then emily everett who who owns it there was we did one not long ago actually that was right before this hit that was in probably in february so right at the fork emily everett too to hear all about quaintrell may as well get the whole the whole thing while right, we're at great. it and then i'm excited to you know get back um, in tune with doing the podcast more regularly. And so for June, my goal is to uh, interview some people from the Oregon Bartenders Guild. They have just been phenomenal. Um, their presence has been huge. I'm a member of the Oregon Bartenders Guild. And I have to say, they do these Monday night meetings, Zoom meetings, and they are just fantastic. I mean, the creativity that they normally would do in their cocktails shows in these meetings. They just come up with a, with really fun and informative conversations, and, it, you know, I, I, I'm just blown away by how wonderful they've been. So I, I'm hoping to be able to do a podcast with them for June. Chris, I've got somebody at my door. Yes. Shall we pause for a second? No, I think we should say goodbye. That That is the All cue. Right. So thank you, Joy, so much. We'll see you. We'll hear you next month. Thank you. Thank you. Right at the Fork is hosted and produced by Chris Angeles and Court Johnson. Connect with us on Twitter and Instagram at Food Podcast PDX or on Facebook at Right at the Fork or online at rightatthefork.com. Right